there is hockey And then lots of pucks to be flung Chris Baker is always watching And in the bunker he's having fun Oh no, we're gonna skate down to Prospect Avenue Get info you require Oh, we're gonna skate down to Prospect Avenue Your hockey news supplier Hey everyone, all right, welcome back to another episode of the world-famous Prospect Avenue podcast. I am your host, Chris Baker, here in the bunker in lovely Hamburg, New York. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas. It is presently Christmas Eve morning, which means in just under 48 hours from now, the 2024 IIHF World Junior Championship will be kicking off over in Gothenburg, Sweden. The Sabres will have seven prospects in total participating at the event. Thought we'd get together real quick and uh, provide an update, a little bit of a follow-up to last week's World Junior Preview episode of this podcast. Now that we've seen an awesome week of pre-tournament action, we can now refine and provide uh, additional updates on what to expect from the seven Sabres prospects that will be participating at the World Juniors this year. And I think we'll just dive right in. This is not going to be a very long podcast. I say that every week. I generally go over the allotted time I had in my mind. But needless to say, I just there's not a ton of action to get to this week. So we'll dive into the seven Sabres prospects that are going to be at the tournament, as well as uh, we'll end with a couple tidbits on a few other um, newsworthy notes from a couple Sabres prospects that won't be at the World Juniors. But again, let's just dive right in. Sabres are going to have five prospects participating in Group A and another two in Group B. Group A will be comprised of Canada, Finland, Sweden, Latvia, and Germany. Group B will have the USA, Czechia, Slovakia, Norway, and Switzerland. And we might as well start in, let's start in Group B. Let's do it backwards, shall we? Um, Because probably one of the biggest guns in this entire tournament will be in group B and that's Yuri Kulik, who is going to lead the way for Czechia Kulik at the time that he left Rochester to head overseas was leading the entire American hockey league with 16 goals. He has since been caught by the way, two other players caught him uh, last night on Saturday. And I think also on no on Saturday. Yeah. Two other guys caught him. So now there's a three-way lead at the top of the AHL leaderboard with 16 goals, but Kalik's one of them for sure. And he's just going to have a huge tournament. I don't think there's any question. I don't want to repeat everything that I said last week, but this is not a hockey development move. This is a human being development move. They want him to go back, put on that check sweater, lead the way for his country, take on that leadership responsibility, and then come back to Rochester and hopefully use the experience as a springboard into the second half of his AHL season. That's what happened last year. They're hoping for history to repeat itself. In terms of history repeating itself, though, Kulik had seven goals in seven games last year at the World Juniors. This will be his third World Junior Championship, by the way, so a lot of experience coming in, knows what to expect. He's going to have some familiar line mates with Matthias Shapovalov, Edward Shala. That unit was together last year, shouldering a huge even strength load and power play load for the Czechs. They're expected to be the top line again this year. But after having seven goals 
last year. And he had nine goals in, I want to say, six games at the 2022 under-18s. How many goals can Kulik score this year? He could lead the tournament in scoring. I don't think there's any question about it. I was out at dinner last night, and I was just commenting on how this is going to be a fun tournament. And I, I actually hinted in that tweet that I think Kulik can score 10 goals in this tournament. It's possible. He's going to get the power play time for sure. He's got the can. They're just going to feed him pucks. I, I think I said over under 10. That means I'm actually putting the baseline at 10. I mean, again, he had nine at the under 18s and he's coming in being the leading scorer in one of the best professional leagues on the planet. I don't see any reason why he can't score 10 goals this year at the world junior. So I guess we'll see how that goes, but going to be really excited. Um, you know, not a cakewalk in Group B. The Slovaks are going to be pretty strong this year, and we'll talk about them in a second. And, of course, USA is stacked. Um, I don't think Czechia will have too much trouble with Norway or Switzerland. But, again, strange things happen at the World Juniors. You never know. Needless to say, though, Kulik is set to have himself a huge statistical event, and we will see how that shakes out. Another player that will be playing in his third World Junior Championship is Maxim Sturbach, strong, sturdy, right-handed defenseman. Sturbach comes into the event, um, coming off a nice first half of his freshman season at Michigan State, where he's had a goal and four assists. We've liked what we've seen from Sturbach, kind of a middle and bottom pair guy. He's like a 4-5-D there as a freshman with the Spartans. Um, but look, I, I think that this is a player that Sabres fans should get familiar with pretty quickly. Um, he's going to be an NHL player. I don't have any doubt in my mind. When you see him at Michigan state, he's very sure handed. He plays a safe kind of conservative game, gets his shots through from the point, but he's defense first. He protects his net front. He works really hard and uses his body well beneath the goal line and wins puck battles, um, plays the body. And I saw two of his pre-tournament games for the Slovaks this week. They opened up against Finland and then they played against the Germans, a really high scoring affair, which Sturbach had a goal and three assists. I'm actually going to throw that goal up for those watching on YouTube. And he's just excellent at this level at the under 20 level. Um, this is clearly their workhorse. They don't have uh, Simon Nemes. So, you know, Sturbach's going to be the guy that's going to be leading the way for the Slovaks at this tournament. Number one, even strength minutes, number one, PP minutes, number one, PK minutes. He is going to get a ton of ice time, no doubt about it. But I like the way that he shines more in his well-rounded game at the under 20 level. Again, playing against older competition and still adjusting to the NCAA ranks, you, you kind of don't get to see his total game that we're going to see here at the under 20 level. He's a little more ambitious carrying the puck. He's going to take more chances jumping into the attack because they're going to need him to for the Slovaks. So he's going to be out there a ton. Sabres fans, seriously, let's make it a point to get familiar with Sturbach. Um, I'm not really calling the shot or kind of going way out of my way to say it. I'm just very, very confident that this is an NHL player. If you think about what has ailed the Sabres at the NHL level the past couple of years in terms of just own zone steadiness, 
playing tough and being very sacrificial of your body for the betterment of the team. That's what you get out of that warrior like mentality of a Maxim Sturbach. Really excited for fans to see him kind of play at both ends of the ice here at the World Junior Championship. A goal and three assists in that game against the Germans. He was all over the ice. And they they weren't like really flashy plays. It was just a no-nonsense game that led to production. A lot of it was just getting shots through um, from the point or working the top of the power play and kicking the puck to open men down low to start plays and make things happen. So I love Sturbach's game, right-handed defenseman. He's going to be a workhorse in the next couple of weeks here at the World Junior Championship. All right, that's Group B. Now let's go over to Group A. Canada, let's start there with them. Matthew Savoy scored a pair of goals in the two games that I was able to see. Canada played three pre-tournament games. And uh, we didn't get to see their first one against Denmark, but we did see their game against Switzerland and then their game Saturday against the Americans. Savoy came out and had a goal in each of those last two games against Switzerland and the Americans, but speed and shiftiness, it stands out. Savoy has had a lot of jump in his step here uh, at this level. He should be expected to shine his skill set, especially on the big ice that the world junior is going to be played again, uh, played on. It's really set up for Savoy to have himself a nice tournament here. So in the games that I was able to see, he was handcuffed uh, as a right winger handcuffed to Matthew Patra, who the Bruins let go for this tournament. So Patra at center Savoy at right wing, and they've been moving some wingers, the left wing in and out in the game against Switzerland. They had uh, Connor geeky, who was an Arizona pick and a teammate of Savoy's with Wenatchee in the Western League. Uh, they moved Geeky off that line for the game against the Americans and inserted Easton Cowan. Very fast effort player, plays for the London Knights. He was a late first rounder by Toronto in the 2023 draft. I have a feeling they're going to go with that Cowan-Patra-Savoy line when the tournament opens on the 26th. But really... You know, Canada has a nice balanced lineup. Savoy could, in certain situations, get some secondary PK time, but he's going to be mostly loaded up with a lot of even strength minutes and a lot of PP time. And I think this all sets up well for him to have a really nice tournament. I mentioned last week on the World Junior Preview that I think goaltending is what's going to make or break Canada's ability to be well-positioned coming out of group play. Um, Again, Group A is Canada, Finland, Sweden, Germany, and Latvia. And Canada, Finland, Sweden, those top three, it can go any order. So it's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, but they're going to need Savoy, and they're going to need the goaltending if they're going to be positioned really well, which leads me to Scott Ratzlaff. So Ratzlaff came in. If you recall, we talked about the mission was just getting him on the team and then really having him positioned for the 2025 World Juniors. But the door would not be closed on him getting minutes at this tournament. Right now, I'm not convinced that Canada's goaltending situation is settled. Mathis Rousseau looks like the guy they're going to lean on when the tournament begins on the 26th. He got the start against Switzerland. And then the idea was to get St. Hilaire and, and Scott Ratzlaff to split the game against the Americans. But after... 
Rousseau had kind of an up and down game against the Swiss. They wanted to get him some more touches and have more pucks hit him. So they gave him the start. He played the front half of that game against the Americans before um, he, he split the game with St. Hilaire. So Ratzlaff didn't get in to those final two uh, tune-ups. But again, the door is open for him to come in, depending on what happens with Rousseau. We'll see how it goes, but right now it looks like Scott Ratzlaff is going to have to wait his turn if he is going to get any minutes in this tournament for Team Canada. All right, let's talk about the host Sweden. And we're going to begin uh, the sweetest discussion with Noah Oslin because he's been kind of running the show on their top even strength and power play units. Oslin returned to action after missing a month. So as I mentioned previously, Oslin suffered a concussion in mid-November in a game against Linköping. He missed uh, about a month with Vekwa, was cleared to join Sweden's under-20 camp, and he just looks so crisp and sharp in his return. Scored a really nice sharp angle goal in a pre-tournament game against Switzerland, and then he came out in their next game and made a beeline to the left post and buried a nice saucer pass from Jonathan Lekiramaki for his second goal in as many games. He looks good. He looks ready to go full 200 foot player, very responsible, good on face-offs, really good details, love his pace, just really crisp and clean in his execution. Um, so I mentioned that Oslin's been playing on a line with Airbro forward Jonathan Lecker Maki at right wing. On the left wing is Oslin's fellow Sabres prospect, Anton Wahlberg. So Wahlberg picked up one assist in those two pre-tournament games. Um, big body. I like the blend of the skill sets there. So in terms of offensive creativity, Lecker Maki and Oslin, they know each other very well. They were junior teammates. They played a little bit together um, last year at this tournament, but they also were very good at the under-18s together two years ago. Those guys know each other. Blending in Wahlberg is more of a big power forward that can win board battles, work the corners, be a big body in that center lane. Wahlberg has an excellent slot presence. I like the blend of skill sets. So putting a little power in there with that speed and skill makes a lot of sense in terms of Sweden's roster construction. And I think it's great for future chemistry too, to have Ostlin and Wahlberg as Sabres prospects playing together here at the World Juniors. Sweden, so SHL games are crazy. And by the way, Ostlin and Wahlberg are the only two junior aged forwards in the SHL to average more than 16 minutes a game this year. And I think that's kind of important because they earned their way into a big role with Sweden's world junior team by virtue of how well they've played at the professional level this year. Worth mentioning. Um, but where I was going before and talk about the SHL was to talk about the environment. The SHL fans are into it, chanting all game, very cool, fun environment. Sweden's games. Again, Sweden's playing on home ice at the World Juniors. I think it's going to be a really um, amazing crowd. It's going to provide that team some extra juice, and they're going to be a tough out. I love that group with Canada and Finland. Um, it can go any way. I love the Swedes lineup, though. I think they have some really talented defensemen. They have enough depth there, I think, to make things happen. So really excited to see Wahlberg and Oslin play together. Hopefully they can stick together. 
throughout the entire tournament. This would be great experience, especially for Anton Wahlberg. Oslin had a goal and three assists last year at the World Juniors, so he knows what this event is all about. Um, I think he's going to be a major, major player at this uh, under-20 level here in the next couple of weeks. I'm really excited to see what he's able to do. And lastly, in Group A, the the German club, they had their final cuts made on Saturday. As expected, left-handed defenseman Norwin Panaka, who's been playing in the queue with Shikudemi this year, he has 11 assists thus far. Uh, as expected, Panaka did make Germany's team. He is one of uh, six 2005-born players on Germany's 23-man roster and one of two 2005-born defensemen of their seven. So he's their second youngest defenseman. He's not going to be relied upon too much. They have a veteran team for sure. Right now, the expectation is he, he plays bottom pair minutes, just play a safe and effective game. He looked okay in the work that I saw him put in against Slovakia. So I, I like where he's uh, he's set up again. This is another, kind of like with Ratzlaff, I think. This is another move. Get him on the team this year. Get him some experience. Don't overexpose him. And um, it sets him up really well as long as Germany doesn't get relegated to play a bigger role at the 2025 World Juniors. But they have some pretty experienced players to rely upon in the critical situations. Now, it would be a great situation if Panaka could work his way up into a critical role at this tournament, but I'm not really expecting it from him. I think they're going to ease his way in and break off uh, chunks of responsibility and see what they could throw at him as the tournament goes on. Other than that, though, um, I think that's it. It's going to be a really exciting tournament and just wanted to end this podcast this week with some news and notes. But before we do, if you could, please, I should have mentioned this at the top and I didn't uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And on Apple and Spotify, if you could leave a five star review for Prospect Avenue, it helps. You can say whatever you want about me in the comments. I don't care as long as you leave a five star review. Um, greatly appreciate all the downloads of this podcast. I mention it every week, but I can't say it enough. I'm trying to make this a success and the feedback that you provide with five-star reviews and likes on the YouTube videos helps take this thing to the next level. So again, thanks for stopping by as you do every week. Truly appreciated. Um, just want to end this week with a couple other news and notes on some of the other guys abroad. Might as well go over to Russia real quick and talk about our buddy Prokhor Poltapov. Poltapov picked up one assist in three games as the Russian under 25 team was able to win the channel one cup channel one cup. Look, I mean, this event didn't have a lot of luster Kazakhstan and Belarus are not very strong clubs, China. They notified the Russian hockey federation that they weren't allowing their athletes to fly into Russia just like a week and a half before the tournament. So Russia had to scramble and put together another team. But Poltapov uh, got some nice experience regardless. He uh, made a nice cross-ice pass to old pal Vasily Glotov for an assist and his only point in the three appearances that he made for the U25 team. But yeah, he's come back. Um, played some decent minutes here in a fourth line role in the three games for Seska since returning for the under 25 um, team. But either way, um, he's having a decent season. You know, we set benchmarks for Poltapov this year of 10 goals and 20 points. He's halfway through the season and he has five goals and five assists. So he's kind of right on pace for what we wanted out of him this year. 
you know, the hottest prospect in the Sabres ranks right now, not named Matthew Savoy and Yuri Kulik or Isak Rosane, like the obvious ones, it might be Jakob Konechny. Um, Konechny got off the schneid a couple of weeks ago with an empty net goal for Sparta Prague. And this was a player who has, um, he now has six points in his last 10 games. He had just one assist in his first 16 games this season. So now he has three goals and three assists in his last 10 games. His rights expire in June uh, 2024. You know, he's one of those never say never prospects. I'm not sure he's done enough to get a contract, but needless to say, look, this is a player that I've always liked watching. He has a lot of energy. Um, he just has a lot of fun playing the game, always has a smile on his face. So for him personally, it's nice to see him get off the schneid with that empty netter a couple of weeks ago. And just, it seemingly has brought confidence to his game and he's now producing in that bottom line role for a very good and veteran laden Sparta Prague club. Um, and then lastly, I think before we get out of here, I just wanted to follow up on Topias Lainanen. So Lainanen, of course, disappointed that he was unable to make Finland's under 20 team for the world junior championship. And now kind of wondering what's next for him. So Uvescula, um, JYP, they just fired their coach on uh earlier this week and Lainanen hasn't played a game since november 28th he's been kind of stuck behind vani vavalainen talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast vani vavalainen's one of the the top goalies uh one of the top starters he has that job it's all his and it's very hard for Lainanen to get looks and this is a player that needs to see some shots to develop coming off that lengthy injury that he had to start the season. So his last game was November 28th. It was a league of start. It didn't go very well. He played 43 minutes before getting the hook against Ilves Tampere and just trying to figure out, you know, what this new coaching staff is going to mean for Lane and development. We're going to be coming up now on almost a month between starts here. Um, JYP is going to come off the Christmas break. They have games on the 26th and another one on the 28th, then I think they play one more before the new year. And then I think they uh, have another game on like January 3rd, something like that. So they have some games coming up. Hopefully Lane and can pull one of those starts down. But if not, just wondering uh, what the situation could be. Will they loan him to a Mestis team? Will they bump him down to Uvescula's under 20 squad to get him some junior starts? Um, I guess we'll have to kind of watch and see what happens there. But getting a little itchy for me, you know, this is a player again, he needs to see some game action to develop. I don't care if it's at the under 20 squad at this point. And I, I just keep going back to that thought of what could have been had the Sabres had their way and got Lane in and over to play in the CHL this year. Look, that's not confirmed, but knowing how the, knowing how a lot of these NHL teams operate, especially with goaltenders, um, you can bet that Buffalo wanted him to come over and, and play in the QMJHL. But um, needless to say, just wanted to put a mention there. We're going on a month here, and we need to get him some action, so more to come on that. Other than that, guys, that's it. Um, we've gone over 20 minutes. Kept it under 30, though, which is kind of good. But uh, I really... Uh, again, I truly appreciate everyone stopping by on YouTube and downloading Prospect Avenue every week. It's really fun for me to do this podcast. Love the engagement that I have when I do the live shows with Matthew Fairburn on the Baker Fairburn Hockey Show. Matthew uh, recently welcomed the second child into his family. 
And uh, we were giving him a little break here. He'll be back after the new year and we'll get the Baker Fairburn hockey show going as well and get that live chat fired up. That is such a fun thing for Matthew and I to do. But um, I, I hope everyone has a very happy holiday. Uh, you get to spend some time with your family and just enjoy it and come back, clear a little area uh, in front of that TV for the world juniors, because it's going to be a wild, wild ride here, especially that group play. Those games are going to be coming every morning and early afternoon. Seven Sabres prospects will be in action and we'll be recapping all of that action right here on prospect Avenue. So looking forward to seeing you then Merry Christmas. We'll see you soon.